Hello, and welcome to Recovery Corner, where we introduce you to those making a difference to help you, your family, friends, and neighbors navigate the road to recovery. I'm Jackie Sheehy, Director of Marketing and Partner Relations with AverHealth. We're at the NADCP National Conference in Nashville with some of the greatest minds in treatment courts and substance use disorder. A perennial favorite and a very good friend of mine at conferences like this is Jermaine Galloway, also known as the Tall Cop. Jermaine is a former law enforcement officer who today spends most of his time educating professionals and communities on drug and alcohol prevention and enforcement. He has trained more than 650,000 people nationwide and internationally on the latest trends in drugs in our communities. Welcome, Jermaine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're a wealth of information, as we know, to help courts and communities identify and tackle street drugs. So what are some of the most popular drugs that you see out on the streets today? Well, it kind of depends on... It kind of depends on the age group and, you know, who we're talking about. So when we talk about street drugs, I guess, first, if we're going to start with youth, it's going to be cannabis. Obviously, cannabis coming through vapes, um, that's a, a method we are seeing can, um, cannabis go through. Of course, over-the-counter stuff, but really, overall, there's heroin, there's meth. Everybody knows that. That's not a big secret to anyone. Um, benzos are popular for drugs of abuse, obviously taken medically, but for drugs of abuse. But what I've really started focusing on a lot is your over-the-counters, the stuff that you find at dollar stores, you know, because large communities don't have Walmarts. When I say Walmart, well, where's the best easy place you can find this? Everyone says Walmart. Nobody answering it. Walmart. And I tell them it's not Walmart because rural Montana doesn't have a Walmart. But what do they have there? They have a dollar store. And you can find these products at dollar stores, and whether people buy them or steal them, you can find them at dollar stores. So... To answer your question, some of the products would be Imodium, which I talked about today at the conference, uh, Diphenhydramine. We know that as Benadryl, but it's Diphenhydramine would be another one. Um, there's inhalers, which was funny because for today's session, I took out inhalers because I just didn't have time. And a gentleman comes up to me and talks about drugs that they're seeing in their drug court. And he said, yeah, then they all switched to inhalers. And I go, yep. And, hey, and I go, I didn't talk about it today, but yeah, so... These things that you can find over the counter that are readily available, and it doesn't matter socioeconomic level because you can buy them or store them. So they're, they're all just sitting out on the shelves. And you know, I have to say, after I've had you present at our, some of our webinars and at our conferences, I actually went into like a Target and I looked to see, and I saw some of those drugs that you mentioned over the counter. Modium, others where the shelves were empty. Yeah. And I was amazed. Everything you said, and I think it's so important for people to check this out in their community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know the last two days you've done presentations here at NADCP, and you really did focus a lot around over the counter and plant based drugs that help people to avoid drug detection. So can you talk a little bit more about some of the plant based drugs and how they work? Right. So, of course, the number one plant-based drug is cannabis, but most people know a lot about traditional cannabis, although we could have a whole other conversation about the other forms of cannabis that are really being manipulated or synthesized. But I think to answer more of your question, you have drugs like today I talked about salvia. So, for people who don't know, I did a session yesterday, I did one today, and I mixed up what I was talking about because it gave me more time to talk about stuff. So, I talked about salvia, which works more like a hallucinogen. That's a plant. You have plants like Kratom, which I call gas station heroin, 
because it's sold over the counter in over 40 states and it's in our gas stations and shopping malls in some cases. And that works more like heroin. You have um, uh, another one I talked about today called Kana, K-A-N-N-A, which works like a hallucinogen. I mean, those are just to name a few. There's many. If you remember, I did a whole webinar, an hour-long webinar on plant-based drugs, and cannabis was only eight minutes of that webinar. It was all these other things. Kava is another one, that uh, K-A-V-A, that's a plant. And kava, you know, some people do use that for medical use. They'll use it more as a sleep aid, like their melatonin or as a dietary supplement, but they're using that traditionally in lower doses. Kava in higher doses is what I would call a drug potentiator, mm-hmm. and drug potentiators are drugs that spike the high of other drugs. So kava mm-hmm. in higher doses works as a potentiator, as do many other plants. There's many of them out there. And then the one thing I want to highlight with plants also is people will hear, hey, this plant-based drug has been used for centuries in med- for medical use in such and such country. But you have to remember that country generally used the plant form or the stalk of the plant. We tend to manipulate it in the U.S., meaning it goes through labs. So we're not using the same product, right? It's kind of like calling everything alcohol, but are you drinking distilled spirits or are you drinking beer, right? So they're two totally different things with both alcohol. So it's kind of looking at it like that also. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know I've heard you speak before, not only in plant-based in a lot of the synthetics, right? Yeah. And I know even at Albert Health Lab, you know, we are always looking at what the drug trends are. But as we know, with synthetics, you have many times those clandestine laboratories are changing that molecular structure. Yes. Because it may have been banned, but now they put it back out. They changed the molecular structure, and it's back out on the street. Yeah. And what we found was a lot of those labs had changed it before it got banned. Because remember. Um, what happens when we're going to ban something? There's a lot of media, and generally we ban stuff months out. So it starts with the media um, and us putting you know, press releases out. This drug, governor's looking at signing a ban for this. And then they say the governor's going to sign the ban in November. Well, these labs don't wait till we sign it. They're already working on the products knowing we're going to ban this at some point. They know what we're going to do. So then what happens with the ban? We ban one, and they roll the next one out. This gives you an example. When I was a police officer in Idaho, this was when Spice was popular. The ban for Spice was coming. So Idaho had banned, you know, some of the main compounds of Spice. All this media. So my unit was tasked with going to our smoke shops and confirming they pulled Spice off the shelves. So on that Monday, we already knew it was banned on, like, a Friday. They said, we're going to give them two days over the weekend. That Monday, we all had smoke shops. We were assigned places we knew I walked into the smoke shop, one of them I was assigned, which is right near the university, uh, right up the hill from the university. I walked in, and I said, hey, I'm here to confirm you guys are not selling spice. No, officer, we don't sell spice. We have basalts. What's that? They had completely cleared the shelves and basalts were sitting there. We didn't know basalts were at that point. What are basalts? And then yeah, everyone knows, that knows the history of those. But that is literally the game, and they had already had them ready to roll out. So... You know, that's how far behind we are. Yeah, it's never changing. No, right? it's always changing. Yeah. And what about, I know yesterday I heard you speak about, like, Delta 8. Yeah. And you talked about how in some of the states that, obviously, recreational marijuana is legal, you know, they're getting away with selling Delta 8. And I think you even brought up Delta 10. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so well, we can talk a lot about that. Make a long story short. Um, Delta 8 and Delta 10 are being sold as hemp forms of cannabis from the cannabis hemp plant. Now, in some cases, many cases, let's say, they do derive from hemp. That's why you see on the packaging, derived from hemp a lot. 
They derive from that, but they don't finish there. So it's basically like saying, we've harvested this from the plant, but then I gave it to Jackie, she took it to her lab and totally manipulated it. So it's not what it starts as, it's what does it finish as. And many times it finishes as a synthetic with other synthetic properties, and you're actually getting high from the synthetic properties that are present. And that's what people don't realize. So Delta-8, Delta-10, THCP, THCO, HHC, THCV, we can go all day with this, okay? Um, many of those are synthetic properties that are being sold and marketed as hemp. And they're doing that in some cases to get around state laws or policies. You know, I tell people, you need to talk to your prosecutor or DA if that's for the legality of it. I can't answer that. But that's why they're doing it. And they're being sold over the counter. So when you look at a state like Illinois, is an example I use a lot. They have legal cannabis and dispensaries. So if you're in Illinois, you assume the only place I would find weed is in a cannabis dispensary in Illinois or in Chicago, let's say. It's not the case. Chicago gas stations are selling all these variants we just talked about that many times are being synthesized. And they're in gas stations. And everyone frequents gas stations. Everybody is not frequent dispensaries. All of us go to gas stations. So it changes the dynamic of availability, which also changes the dynamic of use. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know you touched on clothing mm -hmm. to help clients stash their drugs that we work with. What, tell us a little bit more about that. What, yeah. what do our customers, those working at treatment courts, probation, what do they need to be aware of? What should they be looking for? Well, that you have clothing lines, you have national clothing lines that are national, sold in every state, multiple countries, that are made with hidden compartments, and the drug world is very familiar with them. And the non-drug world isn't. And what I mean by that is some are sold in shopping malls. Um, some, not all smoke shops, some smoke shops carry them. You can find them online on websites that you and I go to. Um, a common name to look for is diversion safe. So like you're diverting something. Diversion safe is what stash compartments are sold under. Now you can Google search stash compartments. You'll get a good result on that. Diversion safes are the official name for a stash compartment. Go to some of these websites that you already use and type in diversion safes in the search bar and watch what comes up. So with that, that is a common name for many stash compartments. I don't walk into any store. I train most people, right? I don't walk into any store, any place, or any state thinking I know everything. I walk in going, what can I learn? Knowing that just common sense tells me a new form of fentanyl is going to show up. A new form of Delta 8 is going to show up. A new form to get around drug testing. A new form of something is going to show up. I just need to find it, right? I need to figure out what it is. A new over-the-counter. And when you know that, so let's say you're testing, because you're going to see the initial spike, right? So if you switch your panels, and you start testing for Kratom, you're going to get that initial spike, okay? So you're going to get that anomaly. We call it a spiking anomaly. You're going to get the spiking anomaly at first. Then it's going to drop. Why is that? Because everyone communicated you're not testing for that. So now with that, you need to rotate your panels and be changing. It doesn't need to be every month, but you need to be changing things knowing we're going to get that dip, so we need to change too. Because after you get that dip, that means one out. So you're going to still get a few people to test hot, but word is out, so now we need to change to something else and then maybe come back to it. That 
it's this game we're always going to play. You know, everybody who's drug testing is not drug seeking. Some of them are trying to change their life around and really get healthier. Some are trying to evade the system and are always going to do that. And those are the ones that we need to keep on stay on our toes for. So. No, I could I could honestly sit here and listen to you for hours. I've sat in, like I said, so many of your webinars, so many of your presentations. We've had you do things for us. And every time I hear you speak, I learn something new every time. Yeah. Because you're always staying up with what those trends are and presenting that to everyone. And we all need to know that. Yeah. So I, I can't thank you enough. You're welcome. Not only are you a dear friend, colleague, I trust you so much with all the knowledge that you continue to impart on all of us. And we thank you for participating in recovery. You're, you're welcome. You're just wonderful. Thank you're you welcome. so much. You're welcome. Always. You're welcome.